Hey everyone, I'm Topher, and this is the 10 and a half episode of 5050, the best and worst of IMDb, which is a rebranded podcast that we originally called The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, welcome to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast. I'm Christopher. And I'm Charles. And today we are doing our write-in films where we each choose one good movie and one bad movie that we feel should have fit on the list between the numbers 50 and 41. Yeah, it's pretty exciting so, stuff. Uh, it's kind of fun because we got to actually, you know, IMDb is pretty user-based kind of thing, but it's kind of fun to get to throw our own stuff in there too. So, uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. There's, uh, there's two main developments here that I'd like to mention. <laughs> okay. One... This is our first podcast where we're not actually together because Topher moved away. So he's in uh, Atlanta, Atlanta area, I guess. Are you actually in Atlanta or? I'm not in Atlanta proper, no. 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 Okay, but around there, right? I'm in the same, yeah, I mean, I'm in the area. So yeah. we got our Fort Worth and Atlanta thing going on. Um, and then also, he got engaged. So I did. So that's a big yeah. deal. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, you're, no, it's good. You're not going to be married for a while, though, right? It's probably it's not for a little over a year, right? Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. So about a year. at the rate we're going, that'll probably we be should have another podcast. Like, or yeah, two. exactly. Yeah, no, no, not two. Don't push it. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, no, it was congratulations, man. That's all I'm saying. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So we're we're excited. We're really excited. So okay. let's um, what do you okay? So let's let's talk about our picks. So for for good movie, what'd you go for? Well, if you recall a year ago when we did our last episode, <laughs> hasn't been that long. Um, I picked for the good movie, I picked Shattered Glass, and I picked uh, Birdemic for the uh, bad movie. Yeah. Which yeah, and I picked, I picked Heat, okay. and I picked The Room um, for the bad movie. Yeah. Heat for the good, The Room for the bad, right? Which yeah. hopefully that was obvious. Um, well, mine so, wasn't. I mean, mine's not so obvious. <laughs> no, it's it's obvious once you watch the movies. Believe me, there's no there's no question as to which one's the bad one. Um, okay, so let's um, let's dive right in. I guess let's uh, so let's start so with heat. yours. Yeah, uh, heat. Yeah, so we'll start with heat. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read a little blurb here from IMDb. Okay. Um, a group we're of still not we're still not trying to get sponsored by IMDb. By the way, no, not not even not remotely all. trying to get not no. IMDb.com. All your sources for movies and. Absolutely. Movies, news, entertainment news, etc. The best news. Um, <laughs> their, their little blurb is, a group of professional bank robbers start to feel the heat from police when they unknowingly leave a clue at their latest heist. That's a horrible description. That's probably the worst description of heat ever. Yeah, that's terrible. But that's what's there, so we're going to go with it. Um, I, I think <laughs> there's a lot of problems with that description. but Because really what makes this movie so great is... It's not just a bank heist movie. It's not just a movie about bank robbers. I mean, yeah, clearly, I got, a, I got a question. Yeah. You remember when Michael Mann used to make good movies? Yeah. What happened to that, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's not critique Michael Mann too much, okay? He has made some really great movies. And he, but he did, he did kind of stray away from it. But I think I still, I'll st even though it was um, The Insider that got nominated for Best Picture that he did. Mm hmm. I still think this is his best movie. I, I, you know, whether it's what would you say his last great movie was? Gosh, I'm I'm trying to think past Public Enemies because I really didn't like that one. Has he made one since Public Enemies? No, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think like what was the one he did right before that? Well, he did. Well, Collateral was somewhere in there. 
Yeah, Collateral's a good movie. I like Collateral a lot, actually. Oh, I, I actually, and I'm the guy who likes Miami Vice, right? Like, I really enjoy Miami Vice. I know, I know, but... I, Series, yes. The show, uh, the movie. I like, so much. The, I like the movie. I think it's really, I think it's a pretty movie. I think it's a really well, I think it's, I think it is well executed. I think there are flaws in what, you know, it's just, it could have been a better movie. Um, but either way, let's, we're talking about Heat. We're not talking about all that. Yeah. I think Heat, Heat is, what makes it so good is what's not in that description right it's the fact that all these guys are guys right they've got wives and girlfriends and kids and you know stepkids and all this stuff and they got to deal with all this stuff and what do you do and how do you you know i'm trying to i'm trying to be a professional cop or a professional bank robber or whatever right and i'm trying to deal with all the normal stuff that everyone else deals with right and so he he does a good job with that but then he also shows that these guys are professional, right? Like he, I mean, there's never a moment when you doubt these guys' proficiency at their jobs. And both of them, both sides of it. Like I, yeah, both sides. Oh yeah, both I, sides. I, I think, I think the scene that makes it, and and probably a lot of people would agree, is when they meet up face to face. The coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and just because you see that they're really two sides of the same coin. Right. Like it's, they're both they're both tearing up their lives together. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of makes me chuckle just because it reminds me of that line from Adaptation when he's like, and you explore the concept that cop and criminal are the same person. See every other cop movie for examples of this, you know, and it's yeah, it, it is a cliche, but it's a cliche because it works and it's well, true. Yeah, it's and, a cliche, but in this movie, it, it's it's so well executed. It, it's just yeah. really doesn't feel cliche. No, it doesn't. It feels original. It, it although, and, and a side note, like I usually do, do you um, do you believe the whole thing about that they were never in the same scenes together? No, they were totally in that coffee shop together. I, I Look, I think Michael Mann is an excellent filmmaker, but I don't think he's that good. That at that point in time, he was able to split screen De Niro and Pacino into a booth together. I don't, I don't think he's that they never yeah. show their face in the same shot, not except for one. There's one scene where there's he, one wide shot. There's one wide shot in the back. coffee time. No, 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 no. Their 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 faces are. It's always the back of somebody. I think. I it's, thought there. I thought there was one profile shot. There's one shot when he pulls him over, and you see yeah, a yeah. you see you see an out of focus De Niro in the foreground. That could be someone else. Why would they do that? It, that uh, I don't okay, know. I, I, so goes the thing of the big divas or something. I don't know. They're, they don't want to deal with each other. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. I think they made up for it by making that movie together. Yeah, Righteous what kill. They, yeah, that yeah. fabulous film. That. Yeah. yeah that, no, but I mean, that they, should they be they on our it. list somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Um, Awful movie. But the other thing too to keep in mind is this is the movie that most people until I can't remember. I think a lot of people were considering this to be kind of the pinnacle for realism when it comes to violence on screen Yeah. up until like Saving Private Ryan came out. Right. This was it. This is what you measured it against for. If you want to know what violence really looks like, that's what you go watch. Like there's that old story about like there's uh, there's that one shot that they supposedly show. And I don't know for sure, but supposedly they show it at um, Marine Boot Camp is the one shot where Val Kilmer stands up with his you know, his rifle and he runs it dry. It's empty. And he quickly drops. And as he does, he reloads and pops back up and keeps firing. And he does it in about eight seconds flat. And they yell at the new recruits, you know, if, if that Hollywood actor can do it, you guys can do it, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that Michael Mann's great at is he insists that the actors be able to do what their characters can do. And so I have appreciation for that for sure. But the other thing too about this movie is the scope. It's so big, and yeah. every character, even the little minor characters, have 
huge amount of character. You know, like you think about, isn't Danny Trejo plays it? He's in there and he's like. Yeah, Danny he's Trejo's like, interesting though, because they they barely show him. Like he does not but, get any. He's there. He's in their group. But they don't he's even incredibly important too. Yes, I agree. I agree. But there was even like a, there was the sequence where De Niro's asking each one of them if they're in or out. Yeah. And they don't even show a close up of him or anything. They have a wide <laughs> shot where he answers. Yeah. Every other character yeah, it's a close yeah. up and time to think about it. He certainly wasn't like a character that you. I don't even remember his character's name to be honest with Trejo. you. Trejo. Is it Trejo? That's yes, well, there you go. Well, but that's but that but what I'm getting at though is even somebody who's that minor of a character, right? in the in the movie they they run with right like he's got he's there for everything they develop he's got a wife and kids and you know the kids are young and it, on and on and on and on and on i mean it really and he's like a pivotal that's what makes this movie so great is all the stuff that happens is based on these little minor characters right and you get these little bitty minor characters that end up messing everything up for the for the main characters and it's just i don't know it's the chaos of the real world and that's what's that's what makes it feel real, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I really love the attention to detail, the scope. I, really, in my I got to say world. one thing, though. I uh, I don't really dig Pacino in it a ton. I don't know. I, I think he's I, so I've, I've heard over the top. People, yeah. In a really weird, cheesy people, way. Yeah, because he's like yelling and all that stuff, you know. it's. I, I really think it, I heard a lot of people say that it, they feel that the movie's great except for the acting, which is odd considering who's in it, right? But... Yeah. It, it um, I, I do think that's probably the weakest point of the movie. It's it's more of a director's film than anything, right? Well, no. To be to be fair though, I like everybody else in it. It's Pacino mostly that I think is so over the top when he comes yeah. in, and it's just like, are you serious? Yeah. Like there, there's, you, oh my god, there's just clips on the internet you could find, and you ta- especially take it out of context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like the fact, and this is the final little tidbit, and I'll move. We'll move on to the next film, but I. I like the way that Michael Mann, because this is, he made this movie not too long after he made Last of the Mohicans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I love that film. That was actually filmed kind of near where I'm from. And so that's kind of cool. But um, the guy who plays the the villain, the the bad Indian, I guess is the you know, <laughs> politically incorrect way to say it. But the, the bad guy, Magua was the character's name, right? Is actually one of the cops in this movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Which if you go back and look at his, go look at his IMDb page because you'll find everything there. Um, and he's always playing a villain Indian in every movie that he's in. Right? He was in Dances with Wolves. He was in Miss. He's been. He's always playing that role. And I thought it was really cool that after working with him and apparently liking him enough to work with him again, Michael Mann let him just put on a suit and play a cop in Los Angeles. Like you don't have to be in period dress. You don't have to be. You know, speaking broken English, you can you're an actor. You can come act. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. But I, I like the way that Michael Mann. And then we never heard from him again. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. He played another Indian again when Terrence Malick made the new world. But we'll you know, OK. <laughs> anyway, but I just I like that Michael Mann likes actors and he works with actors like that. So, yeah, anyway. it's too um, bad. Okay. He does, too bad he doesn't like cinematography. I'm just. Are you kidding me with that? <laughs> okay, yeah, I know you've got a beef with digital. I know, I know, I know. But it, he he makes pretty movies. You've got to at least give him that. Public Enemies, notable exception, but oh. I don't think oh. Heat and Miami Vice are beautiful. And I think he, last Heat he, he is Heat is Miami Vice. No, oh, I think it's a gorgeous movie. The okay, TV, TV show looked better. Oh, that's okay. So, what would you what would you give Heat? 
Uh, I give it an eight. Yeah, I would give it a solid eight because it, it, in my opinion, it's a great film from a film perspective, but from an importance and does it matter kind of thing, not so much. Well, right? okay, but and the other thing I wanted to say, uh, which film on the good list would you take off in the forty two fifty one to replace with Heat? I don't. I don't. Uh, I think well, and and it depends because you know more to my sensibility. If you're just looking for an action film that belongs on the top 50, I would put this ahead of Terminator. You'd take okay. Terminator off? Or just I would ahead? take Terminator 2 off and put this in its place. Okay. And, 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 I, and only because I'm, I appreciate the drama and the human emotion side that's in Heat that's not in Terminator – so that's 45 on our list then, is what you'd... Right, and I don't know that I would put it at that number precisely. Like that movie? Okay, I got I you. To, yeah, if I had to replace one movie, that's what okay, I'd replace. fair enough, fair enough. I got you. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'd go there. But yeah, I think an eight's good because it's not, you know, this isn't Citizen Kane or anything like that, but I think it's a it's a well-made film, definitely, yeah. and definitely deserves some notice. So. I listed as my bad film, The Room, which we have actually already done a review for. Yeah, um, we did a video review because we actually went and saw it, and then immediately yeah. did a review there. Um, which you are more than welcome to go take a look at that. Which is definitely, if you see it in the theater, and I think most of these kind of campy movies are this way. The experience is what you're going for, not necessarily the quality of filmmaking. So that's why you and I gave it. We each gave it a two on filmmaking <laughs> and an eight on experience because it's fun, right? It's fun to be in only, a room. Only only if you see it with Tommy Wiseau. I mean, you just have to. <laughs> There's something to be said for that, right? Um, but anyway, so that so if you want to check out the room, which I would happily put on the list, which by the way, the one that I would replace on there with that was um, it wasn't tangents. <laughs> it's so terrible. Was it and be real? That was just like it was just kind of a low budget film. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like yeah, we were like I don't even know this is on the bad list kind of. Yeah, thing. was it like was it who was the principal? There was like a famous actor that was the principal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think one of the I think that was the film that you and I are both like I don't know why this is on the bad list. Yeah, okay. Like, it, okay. Yeah, I think that's what I would probably put on the room because the room, especially after having seen things like Santa Claus, I, you know I can't give the room that much crap because you know the Santa Claus is terrible and we haven't even gotten to your picks yet because I will yeah. happily replace any of the ones on that list with that movie. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move into yours. Okay. Um, your good movie was Shattered Glass. That's right. Which I actually I don't feel like most people have even heard of this movie. I don't think they have. It's you know how you know of, how I usually describe it? How's uh, that? As the good Hayden Christensen film. <laughs> Sounds paradoxical, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I think he made four movies, and like two of them were Star Wars movies. Um, but uh, which doesn't speak to your quality there. But um, okay, so I'll go ahead and read the synopsis here. Okay. Shattered Glass, the true story of a young journalist who fell from grace when it was found he had fabricated over half of his articles. Um, I think if I had to describe this film, I would say it's all the president's men light. Right? Yeah, it's sort, of, it's sort of a diet version of all the president's men, because um, because it's, it's obviously they're not dealing with like the takedown of a president, right? There, it's it's far less the, important. Uh, what's the Matt Damon movie where he uh, he keeps lying all the time to Gwyneth Paltrow and the talented Miss Ripley? That's what it is. Uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. It's it reminds yeah, me of that. Yeah. yeah no, I can see that. Yeah yeah, I can see that. That's yeah, because it really like honestly, what makes this movie so great is not watching it; it's watching it again. Because you you kind of watch it again and you're starting to wonder like is anything this guy saying real? Right, and that's like, why his, perfor- his performance oh. is pretty good in that. I mean, it is. It's like 
he still sounds like a whiny little kid. But that fits that, that guy. I mean, it, it does. does. It does. Especially if you watch, because I, I actually just I just watched it on DVD, and the um, special features, they have a 60 Minutes interview with him. And he's exactly like that. Like It's, it's, it's just good casting. It's good casting. The problem is, after you play Anakin, then all anybody's going to see is, oh, you're the whiny kid. And look, you're whiny kid again, right? And so it kind of ruins that. But either way. I, yeah, but at least, I, it's not, at least it's not Jake Lloyd from episode one. That was another whiny Anakin. <laughs> Why is always so upset? Um, no, I really I really do like this movie. And Sarsgaard actually won a lot of awards for it. Like, Sarsgaard's awesome in it. He is great. As just make, was him, like, and Hank Azaria, they both kind of make the movie for me. Yeah, and I think Sarsgaard, honestly, Sarsgaard is the main character here. He's the conflicted character. Yeah. I really don't think Christensen ever felt remorse for anything that he did in this whole thing. He really and, did. And the very last shot when they're like, okay, just nod your head. It's like, he's finally having to admit he's backed in a corner. He has no choice. And they're I like, they're, just don't object don't even, to it. Right. But I don't even think he's admitting that he did something wrong so much as he's admitting he made it up. There's a difference. True. Right? True. But I, I love, I do love that as far as acting. And yeah, I love yeah. that bit where it's like, he he's he can't say anything. There's no more excuses, no more lies. Yeah, there's no way he can make anything else and up. So it's just, I, he, stands, I, he sits there and stares him down, you know, and the tears yeah. coming out. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. When I when I saw this movie, I saw it in the theater. Actually, I saw it when Me I was too. in L.A. I um I remember feeling just really uncomfortable when he's actually taking him out and confronting him. Like when yeah. they go out to the 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 restaurant and all the places where he supposedly. Yeah, did all this stuff, and I just remember watching this, thinking this is so painful. Like it's really painful to watch, you know. And you just you know that he's lying. You, yeah. you know he's lying, you know. But and then the and then the, the way that they kind of Sarsgaard was such a perfect casting for that too, because he kind of looks like he could be, you know, a little, you know, conniving kind of a mean. Well, and, yeah, and, and I actually I just, I didn't really know much of the true story of it. Yeah, I didn't either. And so I actually really thought that this was going to be a movie about the boss being a jerk to him. Yeah. And yeah. What, and all that stuff. And he was going to have to like redeem himself or something. And no, it's like, yeah. it, it's like about halfway through the movie, that scene where he confronts him, you're, yeah. you're, you're suddenly, you're on the side of the boss. You're switching over and you're like, oh, wait, I've been duped too. Yeah, exactly. That's, 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 that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it because it really did do a good job of you're sucked into, as an audience, you're sucked into this lie. Yeah. And, and you find out right along with the boss, and you kind of got these suspicions, and then you start thinking back to everything, right? The, the you're thinking back to that. Wait a minute, was that story he told? Sure, you know. And so you're doing the same thing the boss does. So right. It was a really good. It was good. It was. It really was a very well made film. I, I mean, I don't know that I would put it as high as this myself, but I think it's it's excellent. I mean, Did you say top one hundred. I wouldn't even go that high. I mean, to me, this is this is almost like one of those movies that you're like, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to go out and find it kind of movies. Like it's it's good, but it's not great. Is that I mean, does that make sense? Like it's yeah. just it's, it's a quality movie, and I can't really find any major gripes with it. But there's just not anything particularly stand out about and it. it. And you know, you said like Heat was it like a director's movie? This is an actor's movie. Agreed. Yes. And, I, and sure. so, and I really, I don't know, like, but it is Sarsgaard that just sells it for me. Yeah, he 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 honestly because after this he went on and did like um, Garden State and all that too. Yeah. Like he really kind of started to. But I like the way that he is still selective about roles and stuff. Yeah. And Hayden Christensen went on to retirement. I guess I'm not really <laughs> sure where. Yeah. Well, they are making new Star Wars movies. That's another development that happened. So. <laughs> Thankfully, he's dead by this point. <laughs> well, um, no, he, can brought, he can be brought back as a ghost, like he was in Return of the Jedi. 
<laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, it's uh, so awful. Okay. It is. <laughs> All right. So what would you give this film on a scale of one to ten? I'd probably give it a seven. I was going to say either a six or a seven. Seven feels very high. Six feels a little low. Because <laughs> um, it, it is definitely better than mediocre. Like, it's it's a well-made movie. I don't yeah. have any major problems with it. And it doesn't ever dip into the cheesy realm, right? Nope. There's never a moment where you're just like, oh, this is corny. It feels Hollywood. But it's, I would, I, yeah, maybe a seven. I'd probably give it somewhere in that range, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I would say... Um, this is a pretty easy thing for as far as having to switch out a movie. Mm-hmm. Hands down, Amelie has to go out. I, I knew you were gonna say Amelie. It's either gonna be Amelie or Kubrick, one of the no, two. No, I, it's not. Why'd you didn't take Paths of Glory out to me? Oh, no, I like Paths of Glory. <laughs> it's, Amelie was the zero. Well, I guess Clockwork Orange yeah. was too. So I don't know. See, this is what I'm saying. You just don't like. Okay, so, all right. Well, that, that's but I, that's fair, and I can I can I can see where you're coming from there. I almost I kind of wavered there, but then I was like, yeah, Terminator. I can't. I mean, it's good, but I, anyway. Um, okay, so now on to <laughs> on to your bad film, which you have as Birdemic. Um, which for those of you who don't know anything about Birdemic, you're lucky. This is, um, well, let me read the synopsis first. Okay. Birdemic, shock and terror. Mm. A platoon of eagles and vultures attacks the residents of a small town. <laughs> Many people die. It's not known what caused the flying menace to attack. Two people manage to fight back, but will they survive Birdemic? Wait, you sound like you're like a news anchor. Like, this isn't even sound like <laughs> I don't even know how to read that. Am I supposed to be like... A platoon of eagles and vultures. I, I don't know how to read it. It doesn't matter. That, that, that's the synopsis. All this and more at the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> and traffic. Yeah, um, traffic. But it, <laughs> this movie is, it is so bad. I, it yeah. really, like, every single thing that, that you couldn't stand about watching student films when you were at school, this personifies it. Yes, it does. It, it, there is, between the bad sound, because there's, atrocious sound. I don't even think they had a microphone. I think they were just kind of like, I mean, they, I don't know, the overdub stuff where they were recording it with like a tape recorder. What were they? I mean, it's terrible sound. And then the drive, I mean, cause there were points I genuinely couldn't hear them. Right. Yeah. Like they're, they're on the beach, right. Which you don't go film at the beach. Right. <laughs> Especially if you don't, you're not going to record it later. Right. It was terrible. Well, but it's like the, the, the birds on the beach, instead of having like a carcass they made, they just CG to graphic. <laughs> yeah, the CG it didn't perfect. even, it didn't even move. There was no point in being CG. There were so many horrible CG birds. And for some reason, the birds when hitting the ground explode. <laughs> I, I still don't understand that, but that's what happened. That's what happens uh -oh. in real life. I've seen that. Birds fly into the ground and they explode. In, in, the, in, the, in San Mateo, California, they explode yeah, just like that. Uh, sure. And then the, the other thing was I, I should have used a stopwatch. I think half this movie was them driving. driving. Just driving and yes. driving. That Mustang, the opening, and the, and the, the stock music just fades. He comes right back up. And it just, yeah, because it's like, it's that royalty free music. Yeah. And it's about eight seconds long. And he just has it like, da da da. And you're just like, oh my gosh, is this really going to do this for the entire opening credit sequence? Which, by the way, is nothing but the man stuck in traffic. It's literally them sitting in 
parking lot traffic, and that's that's the opening credit sequence. It's very French. It's 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 just it's a, that's like French New Wave. <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's how that's how that's how Reckless started, right? It looks like the big Breathless. You mean Breathless? Yeah, I mean, Reckless. It, What's Reckless? I don't know. <laughs> I think you made it up. No, and honestly, at first I was thinking, like, is this a reference to the opening of Eight and a Half? Like, maybe because he's stuck in traffic there and he floats away with the balloon? No, no. Yes, yes. Bad filmmaking. That's all this is. You didn't. But then, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just referenced that. Yeah. Yes, you did. But no, <laughs> but no it just, it's terrible. The acting is horrible in every possible way. Um, the graphics... I can't even explain it. Like if you they, can't, they they try to kill the birds with coat hangers. So, okay, and they do. First of all, first of all, yes, the CG is bad. But they didn't even know what that's going to look like when they're shooting. They still plan for them to attack them with coat hangers. Yeah, they, 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 even like, even, even if you had ILM <laughs> doing the special effects, it's still going to be coat hangers. They're they're sitting in a hotel room just for the audience who hasn't seen it, right? They're stuck in a hotel room that is being guarded by birds, right? There's there's hawks guarding the hotel room, and so they have to run out to a van, and the, one of the guys is like, "We got to arm ourselves," and so he runs over to the closet in the hotel room and grabs four coat hangers and everyone grabs their coat hangers now let's walk out there back to back so that they can't so they can't get us from either side what yeah, exactly is what and then and then he's got this like machine gun in his car and he's you know ex-marine special forces and you're like what is going on this is and then occasionally a bird will literally just there's one point when a man tries to steal their gas and a bird they're stuck they can't get out of it a bird just swoops out of nowhere one lone bird not a pack of birds one bird swoops by and, and slices, slices the man's yeah, throat just yeah, yeah. dead right there and it was the but worst you know, thing ever you know what's idiotic about that though was the fact that that guy had a gun and yeah. so instead of picking up his gun and the gas they the just gas. Him off. That's right. That's like the gas they're fighting over. It, he leaves it and runs away and from the, the one bird that's gone. Yeah, it's just and they, and it's like a lingering shot. Like I was like, okay, maybe, maybe they don't want to know that, but they linger on it. Okay, so the way that we saw the room, right? Which the room was terrible, but we're in a room full of people. Pardon the pun there, right? But we're in a room full of people watching the room, and everyone in there is laughing and having fun and throwing spoons at the screen and all this stuff, right? I'm watching Bird Dimmick alone on a couch. And it's painful in well, every way. Like, and yeah. and it's streaming on Netflix for those of you that want to watch this. Don't watch it. It's it is so painfully, and it's like two hours long. It's not some seventy minute first feature kind of thing. It's. Are you sure it doesn't feel like two hours? It felt like four. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. I just this movie is terrible. Well, here's the good news: they're making a sequel. Of course they are. I mean, why not? And I hear I, think, I hear it's going to be in three D. And uh, that's going to make it better. But no, what what's great about this movie, and I, I don't know if he's following in the Tommy Wusso footsteps, right? Because I don't know which one actually was made or released. Supposedly it took him four years to make Bird Dimmick, which in four years he could have hand-drawn a better movie. You know what I mean? But it supposedly it took him four years. And once it came out, it was kind of celebrated for being terrible. And so it had the same kind of the yeah. room deal where people would go to a midnight showing and they'd watch a terrible movie together and blah, blah, blah. Which is fun. And, it is fun in theaters. Right. And again, I, I have no doubt that it is. But I think that, you know, they're at least playing off that. I think at least the fact that the director and the makers understand, look, <laughs> it's a bad movie. We get it. People want to go laugh at it. 
if they want to pay us, they can go laugh at our movie, right? I think there's something to be said for knowing that you have a terrible movie on your hands and and playing to it, right? But oh, it's so bad. <laughs> I think I think he thinks it's a good movie, though. See, and that's the thing is he's got that Tommy Wiseau thing going. Yeah, when is, is, is his name? When? Yeah, yeah. It's it's he's Vietnamese, I think. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. um and then uh but I was gonna say I think he. He intentionally tried to make like a remake of the birds. I think it's supposed to be yeah. like a remake of the birds. Yeah, supposedly he was inspired by the birds and an inconvenient truth. Because there's all kinds of constant like environmental references throughout the film. You mean like the hippie that lives in the tree or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all that all that stuff. Yeah. And then and then the other thing, because the birds okay, so I'm Boy, we've like, gotta, we gotta we gotta kinda wrap this up here. But the birds, the movie, the birds, the Hitchcock movie, the birds. I've never liked because it just it felt so random. Like I don't get it. Why are the birds attacking? Like they're just attacking and then they stop and it's over. And it just I don't get it. It doesn't it doesn't scare me. It just it confuses me, right? And so if Hitchcock takes this concept and can't make it work for me, this guy didn't even come close because as I'm watching it, first off, it takes half the movie for a bird to show up. Okay. Half the film is a romantic love story between these two characters and then birds show up and it's awful. And uh, it just, it's terrible. I can't stand it. I, I, okay. What do you, what do you give it? You can't break your rule. You, you I can't break my rule. Right. And the, and you give it a three if it's coherent and it makes sense. And I, I don't know if this one does because again, I can't figure out why are these, where are these birds coming from? What's going on? Like, I don't get it. I, I think I'm going to, I would probably give it the same thing I gave the room. I'd give it a two. Cause I mean, it, it I, I, he at least can somewhat craft a scene, right? I can get it. He hops the line in almost every dialogue scene, but that's a whole nother thing. But it just, it's, <laughs> I would, that's, I mean, getting, that's getting too fancy, man. It's I know, I know, I know. Basic cinema. T- it's in focus at least most of the time, but um, I'd give it a two, maybe a two. <sighs> you can't possibly. No, hear me out. Hear me out. I, I put it on my bad list, but again, is it as bad as Santa Claus? Which we gave what? Well, we gave it a one, I think. I wanted yeah, to give it a zero. Which is generous. Yeah, that's <laughs> really generous. So if Santa Claus, I would probably give this. What what's bad about that? I would want to give this movie a one, but we gave Santa Claus a one, and Santa, Santa Claus, Claus a one. It's way worse. <laughs> so I'll give this like a one point five. I mean, it's just okay. it's just stupid, but it's it's such a terrible movie. Is Santa I, Claus still the worst movie on this list so far? No question. None whatsoever. Not even a little bit. No, that's that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay, that's and gonna I be our standard. That's from now. I mean, yeah. I don't know what we're going to see from here on out, because as far as I'm concerned, that's the worst movie ever made. OK. Like, so, uh, yes, I agree. I agree so far. That was the most painful one, which, yeah, I actually made uh, made some of my friend's family watch that over Christmas break. That was my uh, treat. So um, now as far as, as far as the movie that I would take off and replace with, um, mm-hmm. let's see, I, I'm going to say Soul Taker because I, okay. I didn't think Soul Taker was that bad of a movie. Yeah. I almost would have said and be real because that was and be real and soul taker. I don't think deserve to be on our bottom 50. Yeah, no, I agree. Those, I mean, soul taker was really cheesy and corny, but it wasn't that. I mean, it wasn't anything abnormally bad. It was kind of like final destination. I mean, it was, it seemed, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, it just, yeah. it just, it never made sense to me. So, um, that's okay. what I replaced it with. Very good. Okay. So 
prepping for next time. So we're going to be starting in the the next uh, we're 40. Test. Yeah, we're at 40. Yeah, yeah, 40. And so the 40th best movie of all time is Taxi Driver. So keeping with our De Niro theme here, apparently. Okay. And the 40th worst movie of all time is The Hottie and the Naughty. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the um, Paris Hilton movie. Yeah, I think it's based on. Isn't there a Shakespeare play that it's referencing? Uh, the Taming of the that Shrew. It's Shakespearean in some way, but I. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't think you can use the word Shakespeare and Paris Hilton in the same sentence. Oh, you just did, and I just did. So that's awesome. So wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Um, okay, so then that's what we'll look for: is Taxi Driver and the Hottie and the Naughty. And so. hopefully, hopefully, we'll start getting these out more regularly, but. Absolutely. You may be married next time I see you. So <laughs> let's let, we'll get another one done before then. Okay. For sure. So. All, right, All right, man. All right. So I'm Christopher. And I'm Charles. Have a good and one. We'll see you next time.